Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find a written version of this roundup with links to all the stories we are about to discuss. So let's go to our first one. Something exciting is coming next week. We are really excited that uh, next week we will be publishing a series of three podcasts featuring an interview with Anthony Foe, a postdoctoral fellow with the Pride Study and PrideNet at Stanford University. PrideNet is the LGBTQ community engagement partner for the All of Us Research Initiative, which is an unprecedented federal program aiming to gather health info on 1 million diverse Americans to improve research in healthcare. We've talked quite a bit about All of Us here on the podcast in the past, um, so you may be familiar with this, but this is a really cool way that we are getting access to lots of new information on LGBT health as well as health of people in general that's going to really expand what we know about the community and um, our health. Um, now, we spoke to Anthony um, a couple weeks ago about our variety of topics, including why LGBT health data is so important, how privacy is protected through this initiative, and how they're working to overcome mistrust among many in the LGBT community of public health and healthcare institutions. So if you're listening to this, that probably means you've already subscribed to our podcast. If not, make sure you hit subscribe. And next week, you will see these come out um, as a three-part uh, series so that you can listen to them um, in chunks or you can be binge all at once. Um, and in the meantime, if you're curious, you can learn more about the All of Us initiative at joinallofus.org. Now for our next story, what do people think about anti-LGBT laws? The Washington Post published a detailed and I found really interesting analysis of public opinion surrounding a variety of controversial laws and policies that some states are implementing to target LGBT people and our health. They found that polls differed wildly uh, depending on who was asking, who was being asked, and especially on the wordings um, of the wording of the questions. So, for example, with Florida's infamous Don't Say Gay bill, um, that was found to be popular when people were just read the language of the bill. But when it was explained to them, um, it was found to be less popular. Even then, though, a lot of the complexities of the issue were not explored. And I think part of this is because the, the law is so broad um, that it's hard to know exactly how it's going to be interpreted. And that kind of chilling effect, as we call in the legal world, um, is going to you know cause a lot of people to think twice about uh, doing anything related to LGBTQ inclusion in classrooms, even if it's legal. Meanwhile, with respect to banning trans athletes from competing on sports teams aligned with their gender, the population seemed fairly split on whether or not this uh, should be prohibited, again, varying quite a bit depending on uh, which poll you're looking at. If nothing else, the results suggest that these types of laws are not entirely clear to the general population, even as they are advancing rapidly and with very little debate in many states. Now our next story, Academy Publishes Puberty Book. NPR reported on a new book published by the American Academy of Pediatrics that seeks to teach youth about puberty in a way that is inclusive of all gender identities. The book seeks to teach youth to embrace and understand changes rather than fear them or feel that there is one particular form of normal. 
The authors often discussed body parts without ascribing them to a particular gender. In contrast with traditional pre-beauty lessons that divide boys and girls, often leaving out transgender and non-binary students, and by the way, just leaving half the population to wonder what's going on with the other half. So definitely uh, not great. The authors say that accurate, expert, and inclusive advice for youth is needed now more than ever, given the aforementioned wave of anti-LGBT youth legislation that's been happening in a lot of places. Next up, mental health app for youth coming soon. Continuing on our subject of LGBTQ youth, QChat Space announced a new mental health tool created with and for this population that will launch in June, just in time for Pride Month. There's a webinar scheduled for May 12th where they will be sharing more information for those who um, hope to use the app for themselves, but I think even more so targeted at those who might find this useful for the populations that they serve. And the website also has a sneak peek and you can sign up to be notified when the app is available. This project is a collaboration with Hopeland and the It Gets Better project. Now for our next piece, Recognizing National Minority Health Month. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services celebrated April as National Minority Health Month with a campaign focused on advancing COVID-19 safety measures and, in particular, uh, vaccine booster shots among minority communities, noting the disproportionate effect that the pandemic has had on minority populations. Meanwhile, the CDC Foundation published a website on health equity to mark the occasion, including sharing resources and updates on how they are working on this issue. So definitely a really important topic um, and uh, one that is especially important, I think, for racial and ethnic minorities within our LGBT community. And now to our final story of the week, Smoking Cessation Program for Queer Women. Health Promotion Practice published a study analyzing a tobacco cessation campaign for queer women in North Carolina. The initiative utilized digital data, such as location and marketing profiles, to target ads over a four-year period. This included adapting messages to address concerns related to COVID-19 risks among people who smoked during the pandemic, which I think is really smart. The campaign was considered effective and a potential model to use elsewhere, given the ongoing disparities in tobacco use among the LGBT community, which is an issue that longtime uh, fans and followers of LGBT HealthLink will know is near and dear to our hearts. Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thanks again for listening and for subscribing so that you don't miss that really special uh, trio of interview podcasts we're going to have coming out next week. Um, don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to uh, learn about any of the stories that we covered, but in particular to find more information about the All of Us research initiative. You'll find all of those links on our blog. Um, and again, tune in next week for some really great content.